Okay, before we start, let us pay homage to the Buddha first by reciting Namo Tassa three times. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Today I will give you a very profound teaching of the Buddha dependent origination. Have you learned about dependent origination? Yes? Okay, good. Okay. So dependent origination to really understand the non-self nature as I have said huh, at first day we must have the theoretical understanding of non-self first. But to thoroughly, truly understand non-self nature of mind and body, we must understand dependent origination or dependent arising phenomenon. Okay. And dependent origination is a teaching of conditionary, a conditionality to show how an individual or a being revolving in the view of existence, undergoing the round of births and deaths in beginner's cycle of birth and death, uh, samsara, and how suffering ceases with the cessation of death causes and conditions. But although we say you know, dependent origination uh, uh, is showing how a being go around the cycle of existence, but a being in reality is mere occurrence of causes and conditions. We use a being here is for easy understanding only. If we don't say being, then how can people understand? Because in this world, people understand concept first. From concept, we go to reality, ultimate truth. If we start with ultimate truth, people get very confused because we are not familiar with ultimate truth. We only familiar with concept. So, for easy understand, we use a being go through the cycle of birth and death. But in ultimate sense, we must understand a being is only combination of mind and body based on cause and conditions. Okay. So the formula of dependent origination uh, is when this exists, that comes to be. With the arising of this, that arises. When this does not exist, that does not come to be. With the cessation of this, that ceases. That is to say, dependent on ignorance, 
arise karmic formations. Dependent on karmic formations arise consciousness. Dependent on consciousness arises mind and matter. Dependent on mind and matter arise the six sense bases. Dependent on the six sense bases arise contact. Dependent on contact arises feeling. Dependent on feeling arises craving. Dependent on craving arises clinging. Dependent on clinging arises becoming. Dependent on becoming arises birth. Dependent on birth arise aging, death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. Thus arise the whole mass of suffering. So, dependent origination consists of the following 12 interrelated factors uh, like ignorance, uh, uh, karmic formation, craving, clinging, feeling, and so on. And this ignorance, karmic formation, consciousness, mind and matter, all this are just uh, mind and matter. So what go through the cycle of birth and death are only mind and matter in the ultimate sense. And each factor, for example, dependent on ignorant karmic formation, each factor is entirely dependent upon other factors as its condition. And dependent on ignorant karmic formation, and karmic formation turns, uh, in turn, becomes a condition for other factors. Depend on karmic formation, consciousness. So consciousness arises depend on karmic formation, but consciousness in turn become a condition for another factor, mind and body, to arise. So all these are interrelated conditions. Okay, is it clear? Okay. Now this dependent origination is divided into three lifetimes: past life, present life, and future life. So past life dependent on uh, ignorance, karmic formation. These two factors belong to past life. But since most Americans do not believe in past life, so I'm not going to tell you about the past life. We only deal with present life since we already born in this world. So we will start with consciousness. Huh? Consciousness up to, uh, up to becoming huh, is present life factors. Then from birth, uh, from birth, dependent on birth, arise aging, death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. This next uh, future life, and also can be present life, because we already born in this world. Uh, so it can be this life, and also can be future life. So we will start with consciousness first. Uh, consciousness. Depend on consciousness, mind, and matter. So, what is this mind? 
Mind is mental factors. We have 52 mental factors arise uh, accompanied with the mind. Okay. Consciousness, mind, uh, to make it clear, consciousness, the meaning of consciousness is just a way of an object. That's all. Huh? I see the visible object. So I consciousness arises away of that seeing. That's all. It the consciousness does not know what is this. No, is it blue? Huh? Is it uh, beautiful? Consciousness does not know. In order to know, is blue, is red, huh? is beautiful? It depends on mental factors. The mental factors of perception. Perception perceive oh is blue, is red, is round. Then also depend uh, is beautiful, is pleasant, also depend on the feeling. Feeling can experience, experience the desirable aspect of that visible object. So if, if the visible object is pleasant, then pleasant feeling arises. Consciousness cannot arise with pleasant feeling. Only feeling itself can experience the pleasant feel, pleasant aspect of the object. So you must understand consciousness itself huh, cannot feel, huh, cannot perceive. In order to perceive, to feel, to like or dislike, it depends on associated mental factors. So what are these mental factors? For example, feeling, perception, mindfulness, wisdom, effort, uh, then greed, anger, jealousy, faith, all these are called mental factors. Is it clear? Okay. So depend, but consciousness is the forerunner. Huh? Consciousness is the forerunner. Because of the arising of the consciousness, mental factor arise. And also because of the arising of consciousness, matter. Huh? Matter also arise. Matter is four elements only. So every arising of consciousness can produce four elements in the body. So if that consciousness is associated with beautiful mental factors of wisdom or that consciousness is associated with beautiful mental factors of concentration then it produces brilliant four elements in the body that you say chi huh? if you learn chi one you say chi produce very good chi in the body but if the consciousness is associated with unwholesome mental factors of aversion, then it produces bad element in the body. It produces bad chi in the body. Then your body gets affected because of that anger. So Buddha say action and reaction. Huh? Buddha say when you do good, good go back, come back to you. When you do bad, bad come back to you. Sometimes you say you don't believe because you cannot see the bad has not come back to me yet. 
the good has not returned to me yet. But if you have the anger, they say you arouse your anger. At that moment, that anger might produce unhealthy four elements in the body, then immediately you feel the effect. When there's anger mind, the body becomes so restless. The body becomes so hot. You feel that you want to release that impurity. So you want to beat somebody, you want to score somebody. So at that moment, the law of karma is punishing you because of the anger you engender. That's why, no. If you want to have healthy body, then you must have healthy mind, wholesome mind, pure mind. And that wholesome mind and pure mind not only affected the operation of the four elements in our body, it also affects our surrounding, our environment. Our environment environment also get affected by our polluted mind. So when you get angry with somebody, they say, huh? when you are in anger and your friend come to you, you think your friend will come near to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will quickly run away first. <laughs> huh? From far away, you know, he always sends that energy. This shows that that energy can spread out from our body to the external world. So nowadays, the world is in disaster. Huh? There are so many disasters, natural disasters happen in the world. Partly because of our corrupted mind. Our corrupted mind not only affected our body, also affected the operation of the whole world, the earth, the trees. Not all the in, and inanimate beings are affected through everyone's corrupted mind. So it's very important to have wholesome mind if we want to save ourselves and we want to save the earth. If we radiate loving kindness to everyone, you know, then everybody feel the pleasantness uh, of the environment, the pleasantness of living. So this is how depend on consciousness, mind, and matter. So matter refer to four elements. So one of the um, uh, one of the cause of the arising of matter is consciousness, mind. Mind can affect four elements. Okay. Then depend on the mind and matter arise. Six sense spaces huh? arise. Depend on mind matter arise the six sense spaces. We have six sense spaces here. I have written for you already. Eye base, huh? eye base, ear base. Eye base means eye sensitivity. Huh? Ear base, ear sensitivity. Nose base, tongue base, body base, and the mind base. We have this six sense spaces. This six sense basis arise dependent on the four elements. So, in the teaching of the Buddha, we have four primary elements: earth element, 
water element, fire element, wind element. And dependent on this four, we have 24 derived matter. Among this 24, there are six called eye base, ear base, nose base, tongue base, body base. Uh, five. My base refer to consciousness. So there are five bases. These five bases are called derived materiality, arise dependent on four elements. Okay. And depend on the four, depend on the six sense bases, arise contact. When the eye see with the, when a visible object impinge the eye base, then there's a contact. Without contact, you cannot see things. When a sound impinges the no base, then it's called contact. The impingement is called contact. When a smell impinge, impinges the no, nose base, this is called nose contact. When the taste impinges the tongue base, this is called tongue contact. When the uh, touch, tangible object, impinges the body base, this is called body contact. And when the thoughts, uh, any thoughts impinges the mind base, this is called mind contact. So dependent on the six sense bases, we have six types of contact. Eye contact, nose contact, tongue contact, uh, nose, uh, eye contact, ear contact, uh, nose contact, tongue contact, body contact, and mind contact. This contact are very important huh? because based on this contact, they arise feeling. Feeling. Okay. So since we have six types of contact, then we have six types of feeling. Feeling born of eye contact. When the eye see something pleasant, pleasant visible object, immediately you feel the pleasant feeling. Is it true? Okay. When your eye see your enemy, huh? your eye come to contact with your enemy, a visible object, then what type of feeling arise in you? What type of feeling? Unpleasant feeling. Huh? Almost automatically, huh? unpleasant feeling. But when your eye come to contact with your lovely son, your lovely husband, your lovely parent, then pleasant feeling arise in you. Huh? So, but if your eye come to contact with a trifle, uh, uh, is uh, in uh, uh, object which, which is not so prominent, not so attractive to you, then what type of feeling arises in you? Negative? Negative? Neutral. Neutral. Neutral, huh? Neutral feeling. Huh? So from the eye contact, there are three types of feeling can arise. Number one is pleasant feeling. Number two? Unpleasant feeling, number three, neutral feeling. So this feeling arises depend on the agreeable or disagreeable of that object, of that visible object. So every eye contact, there are three types of feelings. So please bear in mind, because 
we will come to practical meditation. Now, but before that, you must understand this feeling first, before I can go to practical aspect of how to contemplate feelings. So every eye contact, there are three types of feeling: now, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral feeling. So also, when somebody abuses you, now, this abusive word impinges your ear sensitivity or ear no uh, ear base. What feeling arises in you? Unpleasant. Almost automatically, uh, unpleasant feeling. But if somebody prays you, uh, this word, good, sweet word, impinges your nose, uh, your, your ear base, then what feeling arises in you? Pleasant. But if just a sound, ordinary sound, uh, impinges your, your ear base, then neutral feelings arise in you. So in ear contact, there are also three types of feelings. So also nose contact. Uh, when you smell something fragrance, then pleasant feeling. When you come up from the toilet, uh, you smell something bad, then unpleasant feeling. Uh, when the smell is neutral, then neutral feeling arise. So so the tongue. Uh, when you eat something, when the food is agreeable with you, pleasant feeling. When the food is not agreeable with you, unpleasant feeling. When the food is neutral to you, neutral feeling. So there are three types of feeling will arise depend on the tongue contact. Then the body also. Uh, when you sit there for 20 minutes, uh, the cushion becomes so hard. <laughs> so unpleasant feeling arises in you. you know? But when your mind concentrate, can concentrate very well on the breath, uh, the touch is so pleasant, then pleasant feeling arises in you. Uh, but when there's not so, uh, the touch is neutral, then neutral feeling arises in you. So in the body base, there are also three types of feelings. And the top mind base also. When you think of something pleasant, pleasant feeling. When you think of something, you remorse something. Uh, you're anxious about something. Then unpleasant feeling arises in you. Uh, when you just fantasy, think of something fantasy, then maybe neutral feeling. So mind base also, uh, depend on the mind base, there are three types of feelings. So all how many types of feeling arise on six contexts? Six times three. 18 types of feelings. So you are going to contemplate these 18 types of feeling. Huh? Come to when we come to practical experience. Okay. And what is this feeling? Okay, let you tell me how you understand feeling. Anyone? Hmm? How you understand feeling? What you what you how you understand this feeling? What is this feeling? Okay. Somehow? Wisdom. Yeah. Feeling is feeling. Feeling is feeling. How can we, we feeling be wisdom? Uh, <laughs> <I don't understand>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trapping. Oh. There is only pleasant feeling. Unpleasant feeling. <laughs> you want to push it away. Okay, hold on to it. Okay, some more. How do you how view? View, okay. Reaction, okay. 
Okay. Yes, it's very close. Yes. understand the correctly the way of practice we must understand the meaning of feeling well okay feeling is only mental factors feeling is not I my myself you must clear with this one first before you can make progress okay feeling is only one of the mental factors each mental factors has its own characteristic. Feeling has its characteristic of being felt. Feeling has the characteristic of experiencing the desirable aspect of an object. Just now I have mentioned to you, visible object has Sometimes it's agreeable, sometimes it's disagreeable, sometimes it's neutral. Okay, sound also. Sometimes it's agreeable, sometimes it's disagreeable, sometimes it's neutral. The food also. Ah, sometimes it's agreeable, sometimes it's disagreeable to you, sometimes it's neutral. Okay, so every object has its agreeable and disagreeable aspect, or desirable or undesirable aspect. Who? Who feel that desirable and undesirable aspect? Not mine, not I. Feeling itself. Feeling itself feels the desirable aspect or undesirable aspect or neutral aspect of that object. Whether it's visible object, sound, smell, taste, touch of mental object. Make clear of this point first. So if you now you understand, oh, only feeling feels, it's not I feel. Then you will easily see non-self nature of feeling. But if in your mind stream, if in your consciousness you think I feel the pleasant aspect of the object, I hear the sweet sound. I taste the sweet food, the pleasant food. Then you are you are identify the feeling as I. How are you going to make progress? How are you going to break your craving, break off, break through the craving? How your wisdom can grow if you identify mental factor of feeling as I, as my, as myself. You got it? Yes? <laughs> if you cultivate and start to lose um, more and more that sense of I, that sense of identification, 
and thus the non-discriminating mind. Mm -hmm. Two more experiences just become neutral. Those two more pleasant or non-pleasant. Is the experience of it just more just neutral? Mm -hmm. Neutral, neutral as opposed to no, no. Pleasant remain pleasant. Because we have three types of feelings, you know. We have pleasant feeling, we have unpleasant feeling. If the pleasant feeling, the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral feeling, that is beyond our control. Even Arahant, the enlightened person, also have pleasant feeling. They are not equanimity all the time, you know. They also have pleasant feeling because the, 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 the object itself has the pleasant aspect. So the pleasant feeling just experience that pleasant aspect. But the enlightened one does not identify that pleasant feeling as I. The enlightened one only sees feeling as feeling, not my feeling. This makes the difference. This is very important point for you to make progress in your meditation. So that's why you must understand thoroughly the meaning of feeling first. So whatever you experience, you know, when the pleasant feeling arises in you, you must bear in mind. In the beginning, theoretically first, because you know you see the truth. You know you see feeling as feeling. You still identify feeling as I, because our mind has been covered, has been, uh, how to say, uh, by ignorance. We know yet remove that ignorance. So we cannot see feeling as feeling. Uh, under the influence of ignorance, we identify feeling as I. So now, theoretically, you must accept first. Feeling pleasant feelings, experience the pleasant aspect of the object. Unpleasant feeling, experience the unpleasant aspect of the object. So you must bear in mind, okay, if you have pleasant feeling, you must contemplate, oh, pleasant feeling has arisen in me. Pleasant feeling, just pleasant feeling, not I. Not I experience the pleasant object, the, ple the, the desirable aspect of the object. It's, it's just the pleasant feeling experiences the, ple uh, uh, the desirable aspect of, of that object. Are you clear or not? Clear? Okay. So if you clear, then it's easy to practice. So you must know, uh, pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, and neutral feeling, when they arise in you. And these three types of feeling, they arise all the time, but only one arises at, at a moment. At one moment, three cannot arise together. Uh, that particular moment, only one type of feeling will arise. Because the contact, uh, the six contacts occur all the time. Now you hear my voice, there's ear contact. You see me, there's eye contact. And you think about what I say, there's my contact. So since contact occur throughout the day, then dependent on contact, feeling arises. So feeling also arises throughout the day. So now is your time for you to contemplate your feelings. What happened 
if you have pleasant feeling and you do not you are not mindful of it what will happen hmm? yes huh? when there's a pleasant feeling arise in you and you are not mindful of it craving will follow this is natural for everyone huh? because we saw the pleasant feeling is so pleasant it's so good no, so the mind will quickly grab hold of it because all beings long for happiness avoid suffering it's the nature of all beings uh, all what, what being wants in life is happiness happiness and pleasant feeling give you a sense of happiness then the mind will quick, quickly grab hold of that pleasant feeling that grasp Grasping is called craving. And as you have some understanding of the teaching of the Buddha, craving is the cause of all suffering. Huh? Craving is the cause of all suffering. If you grasp that pleasant feeling, then craving arises. Then suppose that pleasant feeling disappears. How your mind feels. Because you already crave for it, you already not crave down that that pleasant feeling disappear already. Then the mind suffer. The mind is in torment. So craving is the cause of suffering. If you if you grab hold something or anything uh, in this world, you can't find anything is permanent. You can't find even your love, uh, your emotion, your property, you know, anything in this world. You can't find anything is permanent. If you grab hold something which is impermanent, finally you end up in suffering. Am I right? Yes, and I'm in suffering. So since uh, we have been we have been practicing the teaching of the Buddha for some times, we also understand impermanence nature of life. I think Americans now experience a lot of impermanency in life. You know, they lose job. You know, the political, then the economy going down. I think, and the divorce from so many impermanency in life. I think you experience more than me. Okay, so you understand huh? in this life, huh, whatever your experience, it cannot be permanent. It keeps on changing. Huh? If you understand, if, if you accept the impermanence of everything, then you should not crave for things which is not permanent. If you crave for things which is not permanent, then it end up in suffering. So understand, nah, all feelings are also impermanent. Buddha said, all feelings are, are like bubbles. Nah, like bubbles. When in the raining time, you know, you see the, the rain drop on the on a pool of water. Nah, it forms immediately vanishes. Nah, it forms in immediately passes away like bubbles. So all feelings are like bubbles. 
And Buddha said, all feelings are impermanent, and what is impermanence is suffering. What is impermanence is suffering. So since we understand, you know, all feelings, whether pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, they are all like bubbles, huh? form, then immediately pass away. Then there's no point crave for it. No point chase after it. If you chase after it, then it passes away, it gives you more suffering. So understand this. Huh? We must aware of all feelings. We must contemplate all feelings, whether it's pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, or neutral feeling, as impermanence. So whatever pleasant feeling arises in you, you contemplate, contemplate it, mark it, note it as impermanent, impermanent, impermanent. Why should we contemplate in such a way? So that craving will not follow. If you do not contemplate impermanent, 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 the reaction of the mind is very fast. The moment you have pleasant feeling, the mind grabs hold of it. It's very fast because we not yet train our mind to, to a higher degree yet. So in order to stop the craving, which is the cause of suffering, we must contemplate the feeling as impermanent, impermanent, impermanent. Whether we see the craving, uh, whether we see the pleasant feeling passes away or not, we must contemplate it as impermanent so to block craving. Okay? Okay? Just mentally mark, mentally note it as impermanent, impermanent, impermanent. And the purpose of noting, the purpose of marking impermanence not only to block, block the craving and also to change our perverted perception of permanent in things. Because our ignorance, the mental factor, one of the mental factors is called ignorance. This ignorance has not yet removed from our mind stream. So because of the ignorance, we always perceive things as permanent, permanent. Although we already experience so many impermanency in life, we still think it's permanent. So in order to remove this or change this perverted perception of permanent, we contemplate impermanence. And also, the third point is when we contemplate impermanence, we intune our, our contemplation with reality, with the truth. Because the truth is impermanent. Everything, every conditional things are impermanent. This is the truth. So if we contemplate impermanent, we are in tune. We are synchronized. Our contemplation is synchronized with the truth. And then the truth will reveal itself very quickly to you. Just like when you want to listen, you, you switch on the radio. You must channel it. Only then the sound comes. If you cannot get the right channel, you never get a sound. Am I right? So also, if you want to see the truth, 
you must intuit your contemplation, your mindset, uh, synchronize your mindset with the truth. Only then you get a sound. Only then you get to see the truth. So it's very important to contemplate impermanent. Uh, whatever you experience, your emotions, uh, your fear, your anxiety, uh, uh, your stress, just contemplate as impermanent, impermanent, so that you will not get affected by them. But you may think that, okay, all the fear, all the stress, I contemplate impermanence is good for me. But happiness, I don't want to contemplate impermanence. <laughs> I don't want to let go of it. <laughs> I hope the, perma- the happiness be permanent. Then it's also craving. <laughs> this part of craving. So you must recognize it's craving. Craving, you know, happiness also impermanent. If you crave for happiness, when the happiness goes away, then you end up in suffering because you crave for happiness. So whether it's happiness, uh, uh, sorrow, just contemplate them as impermanent. Let go of it. Let, then your mind will be at peace, uh, equanimous, at peace. This is the happiness. Happiness in life. Okay? So, Dependent on feeling arises craving. Then dependent on craving arises clinging. Clinging is intense craving. When the mind starts to crave for something, for example, you know, uh, a man, when a man sees the beautiful woman, because of the eye contact, then arise pleasant feeling. Because of that pleasant feeling, then craving arises. Then he wants to get that woman. Then the craving become intensified and become clinging. He must get that woman. He must get that woman. So in order to get that woman, he must do something. He must do something to approach her. He must uh, find a way to get that woman. So that doing something is called actions. Karma. That doing something is called he performing karma. Here we call becoming. Dependent on clinging arises becoming. So when he do actions, uh, performing karma, either verbally or physically to get that woman, that action, uh, whether good or bad, whether he got it in the right way or the wrong way, any action, as I have said before, any action has its own reaction. Okay. So that action, once he performs that action, he leaves behind karmic potency. We call karmic potency in the stream of consciousness. In his stream of consciousness, this man, huh? because in order to get that woman, so he performed uh, some karma, whether verbally or physically. Once karma performed, it leaves behind reaction, uh, karmic potency or karmic tendency in his mental stream. And this karmic potency will ripen when the condition is there. Cause and condition. Uh, when the condition is there. Uh, so when this, uh, this karmic tendency ripened, then it will produce new life. 
we call rebirth or we call birth so dependent on becoming arise birth that birth can arise in a human world or in a heavenly world or in a hell animal world depend on that karmic karma whether good or bad if that if that karmic energy is good karmic energy it re, the birth will arise in human in human world or in heavenly world if that karmic energy is bad one then that birth will arise in the health or animal worlds okay. then when there's birth whether you are heaven or human or animal uh, when there's birth then there's aging death sorrow lamentation pain grief and despair does arise a whole mess of suffering this is how the cycle of birth and death revolving if you cannot if you let the pleasant feeling uh, if you let the craving follow after the pleasant feeling so in order to cut the chain to break through the chain of this dependent origination we have to break the craving so when the craving when you break the craving then there's no clinging when there's no clinging there's no becoming when there's no becoming there's no birth when there's no birth there's no aging sickness death sorrow lamentation pain grief and despair thus ceases the whole mess of suffering So the important point here is to contemplate feeling so that craving will not arise after feelings. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. So now we can we have tried two days uh, concentration practice. Uh, so from today on word you should try to aware of your feelings then you may ask how to aware feeling occur all the time when there's contact there is feeling so when i see something you see your pet the cat wow pleasant feeling arise quickly aware of your pleasant feeling okay when your tongue touch something very sweet uh, food pleasant feeling be quickly aware of the pleasant feeling how to aware just know oh pleasant feeling has a reason uh, pleasant feeling has a reason it is impermanent it's impermanent just cause and effect cause and effect what is the cause of that feeling please answer me it's the touch of the sugar on the tongue yes contact uh, so you must contemplate First, you need uh, first you need mindfulness. If pleasant feeling has a reason in you, you don't even know, then you miss the point. Huh? So first, you must have mindfulness. When pleasant feeling has a reason in me, okay, you know, pleasant feeling has a reason. Huh? Pleasant feeling, pleasant feeling. 
Only awareness, mindfulness is not enough. Secondly, you need wisdom. So wisdom to see, to contemplate it as impermanent, impermanent. And to see it's just an effect of the cause. Just a cause and effect, cause and effect. So then you can investigate what is the cause of that pleasant feeling. It must be come from one type of contact. Either from eye contact, nose contact, ear contact, tongue contact, body contact, or your mind contact. So if you can see the cause of that pleasant feeling, then you know cause and effect, cause and effect. Once you understand cause and effect, you will not identify feeling as I. Feeling as mine. You only understand just cause and effect. Cause and effect. Okay, any question? Is it helpful then at the end of this contemplation to say, so this is not I, this is not true, mine? True. Yes. Because you're repeating those words in your mind, mm. but you're strengthen that it's not you, yeah, right, right. So right. it's good to do right. that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yes. So if you want to be happy, mm. you don't say you want to be happy mm. because that would be craving. Yes. So how would you? Sometimes you want to happy, but you cannot get it. You know, so don't look for it. <laughs> when you feel happy, you know you feel happy. You know, don't purposely look for happiness. No? then you will end in disappointment. Why not live in the present moment? Whatever appear, you know, arise. Just stay with whatever. Yes, just stay with whatever arise, but don't identify with it. Mm-hmm. No, if you identify with it, with it, then you end in suffering also. I thought it very interesting. One of your comments was that you said you are identifying with the pleasant aspects of mm. something or the unpleasant mm. aspects of something, mm. which I think sort of goes to what Bali was saying: is you can look at many things, you can look at it in different ways. Yes. You can see the pleasant mm. side of an mm. aspect, or you can see the unpleasant. So I guess it's a gift to be able to tweak how you look at the world. Mm-hmm. There are many ways of looking at things, you know. You can look it as impermanent, you can look it as suffering, you can look it as a cause and effect, you can look it as temporary, you can look it as unreal. There are many ways you can look at things. But the way you look at things can stop your craving. This is the best way to look at the things. But the way you look at the things enhance your craving, this is the wrong way you look at the things. This is the important point that you must understand. So you must always check yourself. Uh, do I look, the, uh, the way I look at things, is it increase my craving or not? If yes, then you know you, are, you do not look the things in the correct way. So it's called wise attention or unwise attention. If you attend it wisely, then it's called wise attention. That you attend it as impermanent, unsatisfactory, non-self, this is called wise attention. But if you attend to it improperly, unwisely, they give rise to craving, they give rise to aversion, they give rise to jealousy, they give rise to suffering, then you know you do not attend to it wisely. So check yourself, okay? 
the teacher cannot be with you all the time. So you, you must know how to check yourself. Yes. Um, so you, you recommend that the feelings are impermanent. Yes. yes. Well, suffering is a feeling. It's unpleasant feeling, yes. Unpleasant feeling. So it's impermanent as well. Of course. Okay. Um, so, but yet we're talking about being aware of unpleasant feelings. And no, three types of feeling. I just give an example of pleasant feeling. Right, mm -hmm. yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and we are talking about suffering as being a continuous like, birth and then aging, mm -hmm. death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, mm -hmm. and despair. Mm -hmm. All those are feelings. Mm -hmm. Those are impermanent. Right? Yes. So that none of Okay. Um, but along with all these mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. there are there is a happiness, mm -hmm. joy. Yes. They're not listed here. Mm. <laughs> yes. So I wonder why these are listed and some other impermanent, nicer things <laughs> are not. <laughs> <laughs> question. Because the Buddha's teaching, yeah? Buddha say, my teaching is only deal with suffering and the cessation of suffering. So if Buddha mentioned suffering, I think it's more real in life. Suffering is very real in life. Happiness is very elusive, <laughs> illusion. I think you all, you, all, you all encounter suffering more than happiness. I don't know. Huh? I encounter suffering more than happiness. <laughs> so suffering is very real in life. You know, and everyone wants to avoid this suffering. If Buddha say happiness, I think people may you know get very how to say uh, uh, how to say um, uh, negligent. You know, happiness makes people negligent. Suffering makes people diligent. You know, when I have suffering, I become very diligent, vigilant. Uh, but when I have a lot of happiness, I become very negligent. So Buddha want to, you know, want to tell us, you know, even how how matter happy you are, you will not escape from aging, sickness, death. So these three are cannot be avoided. Lamentation you can be avoid, you, know, you can avoid lamentation, you know, but aging, sickness, and death you cannot avoid. So it's very real. I think Buddha mentioned this one. And for us to get disenchanted with the suffering. That disenchantment is very important in the course of the practice. Without disenchantment, we will still cling to life. Only with disenchantment toward body and mind, then the craving will really go away. So, Happiness also impermanent, suffering also impermanent. But Buddha mentioned suffering more than happiness. I think it's very rare in life. And also Buddha to Buddha want to encourage us to be more diligent. Okay. I was with one of my friends when she died. I spent the last week with her. And even though I've heard the answer several times, I still didn't feel very capable of helping her. I understand that it's good that people hear good comments and positive mm -hmm. comments as they mm -hmm. near death. Mm -hmm. And is that about what karma is arising within them so that they will get a good rebirth? And 
or what, what, what is appropriate? What's helpful to do? How does that all work? During his dying moment, uh, during the dying moments. I think you should remind all his good deeds he has performed previously mm-hmm. to let him to let him has joy mm-hmm. and happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, when collecting all the good deeds he has performed, then the joy will arouse in him. Mm-hmm. Then at that moment, if he passed away, he can go to the heavenly existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what usually our traditional Theravada monk help the dying person. I see. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. In, in Sri Lanka, there was a king Whatever good deeds he had performed, he asked his minister to write down. No? On such a day, no, I have performed a good deed. On such a day, no, I do dana. On such a day, I come for retreat. On such a day, during his dying moment, he asked his minister to read out one by one all his good deeds. Read out one by one. So he listened. Wow, so happy. Then passed away. He go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is a bit difficult but I think maybe he, he still can have better understanding I think may not be so clear as like ordinary person but I think he still has some clear you know understanding mm, he's, uh, he still have some memory you still have to talk to him remind him of the good deeds he has performed mm. okay. isn't it also important that we in terms of being there, I mean, being there, whether they have Alzheimer's or mm-hmm. whether they're dying, yes, yes, yes. it's our presence. Yes, yes. Is being there yes. and loving yes. and sharing that unconditional right, love right, right. with the other person, regardless right. of what deeds they've done. Yes. You know, they may not have a list. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the reality, but you still love them regardless and to share that love with that person. Yes, In yes. other words, seeing the glass half full or half empty and sharing with them that the glass is half full. Yes. I don't know. I mean... No, it's also... Yes. To show the unconditioned, unconditional love. Right. It's, it's our compassion, yes, not right. their compassion right. in terms of that process. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm struggling with that in terms of how you get that message but I think to remind them their good deeds also good. I think everybody, no matter how bad he is, he must have done some good things in in his life, you know? Like giving a little bit for the pets, you know? Mm-hmm. Any good deeds. Because sometimes with your person, you know, but if we do not do anything, he may attach to us as well. <laughs> you know? He may attach to us. If he die with attachment, it's also not good. <laughs> so remind the good deeds is good, you know? Yeah. Whatever can make him, whatever can make him happy, but that happiness must come from wholesome thing, wholesome one, not from the unwholesome one. You know. I, I just I brought this up, and maybe it's something that you all might learn to do it differently in another time. Um, we, I was with her the eight days, twenty-four hours a day before she died, and we took her to the hospital. And I wasn't prepared for her to look so sad as she was dying. It seemed like she was bringing up sad thoughts. And, you know, we were there and we told her we loved her. There were a couple of us, we, you know, held her hand as she died. And, you know, we were there. But it just, 
I just was sort of overwhelmed with her sadness. And I, if I had it to do again, if I knew someone was dying, I would make a list of all the wonderful things that I remembered about them. So at yes. that time, I would be able to say some of those things to right, them. Right. Because it is a very powerful mm-hmm. time, and I didn't do it as well as I would have liked to have. That so. you should you should know remorse as well. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I loved her very much, and we had some good laughter. But, um, yes. Okay. Okay, so last question. Any question? Is the is what I explained to you clear to you? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to practice? How to contemplate your feelings? Actually, I did want to ask about that. I mean, we're still kind of we're still focusing on our breathing, but noting the stuff as as feelings as they arise as they inevitably do, or is it is it different? Uh, I thought tomorrow morning I want to teach you how to st- to start with the feelings. Okay, tomorrow morning nine o'clock, I give you some guided instruction. But now you can carry on with your breathing. But if very prominent pleasant feeling arise, you can test a little bit, just aware of that pleasant feeling and contemplate it as impermanent, impermanent, impermanent. Then if it goes away, then come back to the breath. If there's no prominent feeling, then you concentrate on the breath. Okay, so that's end of today's talk. Tomorrow's talk, I will invite another Aya to give to give the four four p.m. talk, so she will take over my place. <laughs>